0: This week on The Business of Lifting Weights, we sit down to discuss which is more important in terms of building a successful gym, focusing on the business side or mastering the training and coaching experience for your members. What's up guys, this is Brian Pritz. And This is Dave Thomas and we are the owners of performance 360 in San Diego and we're here with another business of lifting weights podcast Uh, Today we are going to talk about the difference between uh, the business side of the gym and the training side of the gym and kind of how those uh, Both blend together to create a successful business But also how those two individual components are both very different and very important in their own right um, so this is where I have that pause and you're supposed to chime in <laughs> that you leave me hanging every time. Yeah. Well, I I
1: will not. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think we often do episodes where we put different topics in a silo and like right. just go in depth into them, which is very beneficial. But today I think we'll kind of try to blend in one discussion, the dual importance of the, the fitness and also the business. Cause like. One of my great frustrations is I feel like people think you have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Like you have the self righteous crowd that's like, I don't care how many members I have. Like <laughs> I'm I'm in this for the fitness. And right. it's like Motherfucker, if you're if you're doing good fitness, you're going to get more people. So there's the notion of like quantity infers less quality. Right. And I just utterly hate that if you have if you have great quality you're gonna attract high quantity right so that is that's kind of the angle that we're going to be coming at with this is we expect we expect as the listener that you have both dialed in extremely good fitness extremely good business practices and within the realms of that fitness i think today will be all about the coaching aspect of it and how you how you relay get buy-in and and how that, how all those things intertwine?
0: Yeah, it's funny. You know, we talk to a lot of gym owners, and one of the common things that we see is like, you know, that one hundred to two hundred hundred member mark where they're not growing past that. They're just paying the bills. And uh, recently, somebody referred to it as they kind of run a nonprofit. Um, yeah. They run a nonprofit gym because they're not making anything off of it. And you know, when when you look at all of this, a lot of people that run a gym come from one of two different places. Number one, they're a really good trainer. You know, maybe they're doing a personal training business or working somewhere else and they open up their own gym so they have a really good knowledge of training and how to get people results. Or on the other side, you have business people that are successful in some other avenue and they're like, well, I wanna open up a gym because they see the possibilities there, and maybe they're passionate about health or fitness. So they might know how to run a business, but they don't—they know nothing about the training. So in order to grow to be a really, really successful gym, you obviously need both of those. And so it's like, how do you combine both of those if you're lacking in one or the other?
1: Yeah, and I've never understood why one has to lack in one or the other, right. why those two traits are somehow mutually exclusive. And that that's never... I get it. You know, some people, left brain, right brain, just depending on how you see the world, depending on your skills and your personality. Some people might um, be better at one than the other, but I just think the the solution is get really good at both. Yeah, because learn. Yeah, they're acquired skills, and they're they're it's not magic. You know, the things that we're doing are I would consider largely just common sense as opposed to some deep. Um, thing that we've invented right you know I, I, I take like no credit for the system that we have in being successful I think we just are purveyors of common sense yeah and I think we just apply that lens of common sense through both the coaching and the business in terms of you know how do you how do you appeal to how do you appeal to customers and then how do you how do you get them to buy into what you're doing once they're in there yeah Um, so one is business, the other is coaching, and that's why you have to have both. Um, they have to exist in equal parts and they have to both be stressed every single time you, you open up the gym.
0: Okay. So now here's a good question. Let's say you are starting a gym business or, um, you know, you're on the smaller end and you're, you're trying to take that next step. Um, what do you think is more important to get just like airtight in order to then take the next step for to explain that better you know should you focus on getting education should you focus on getting certifications should you focus on your just overall training knowledge how to write workouts and all of that before you start implementing processes into the business um you know better marketing efforts or is it the because you know most most gyms aren't going to have a staff of people that can learn all of this stuff at once so would you say that learning the training side of the gym is more important in terms of first applying that into your gym or should you get the business experience, get the systems right, get the marketing right, and then slowly work on building your your training and your knowledge and your programming up to be better than it previously was?
1: I think that's a great question. Um, I honestly don't know if I have an an answer for that because I do think both are, are so important. You know, if I had to pick one, I would say the fitness, because that's what you're in the business to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a hard point to make because that, you know, is that question based on somebody that's just doesn't know anything about either and they want to start a gym? Or is that the question of like somebody who's already knee deep in what they're doing? You know, where should they apply their focus to like kind of course correct? Right. I think it just vastly depends on, you know, are you a gym that delivers incredible, coaching and incredible fitness, but you just cannot seem to keep people to market to people or get them to buy in, well, then you probably are really bad at the business side of it, at attraction, at conversion, at all that stuff. Mm -hmm. If you get a ton of people coming in through the doors and you can't keep anybody and your turnover is extremely high or, you know, you're the type of place that people have a membership to, but also have a few other memberships elsewhere, you're just kind of like a piece of the puzzle then they're not convinced that the fitness can be used in like a totalitarian nature to be their kind of one-stop shop. So right? I, I you know, I hate to say it depends, but I, I do think it depends
0: um, because it just speaks to the
1: importance of both.
0: Um, so to go into a little bit about our background, when we started, I f- we had a a good brand of fitness. We had no real business processes. We had no real clue what we were doing from a business standpoint. This mm-hmm. was our first like physical physical location gym and we had a very good brand of fitness to start. We well, thought. We thought. In our opinion, yeah yeah. You know, actually looking back on it, who knows? I don't even remember like
1: we've I mean I think we'll get into that, but that evolution has been just as
0: intense massive. as the business one. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, our, our brand of fitness was, was at least good back then, sure. en- enough to attract people. Um, at that point, we slowly started building business processes. When I talk about business processes, a great example is we, we recently had a gym out here that um, we met with, and they had a pretty solid business model. Um, they had a lot of members, but they lost a lot of members every month, and they didn't really know why. So a good example of a business process that would really help you is to install some sort of system that when people cancel they you force them to give you a reason why. You know, why are people leaving? Finding out why people are leaving can then give you the information necessary to um, build whatever is missing. So for example, if the common, the common issue is they're not getting enough out of classes, well then you need to make your classes better um, if it's something related to you know something else you know membership pricing or whatever then you know to fix that but um, as we slowly installed more processes where we learned more about the customer and, and everything became a little bit more automated, we were able to then after we had those in place we were able to massively grow the fitness side of it. So in, in our case it was a little bit of a back and forth. I think, you know, we started off with the good fitness brand. We started building all these processes. We started building all this automation so that we could spend more time then getting better at the fitness side of things. Our brand of fitness, I think, grew drastically. You know, you look at where it was back in the day and where it is now. It is so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of just went back and forth and slowly built kind of two big columns to where we are now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a, a ping pong, you know, as, you know, if you think about like the, just, just the basic concept of time and energy, you know, you, you only have, you only have so, so much of those. Right. So, you know, when you're allocating both of those towards one aspect of the business, the other one, I don't want to say it gets neglected, but it doesn't grow in the same manner. It doesn't improve. So, you know, I think we're both big believers of like doing the best that we can, as far as like targeting one thing that we're working on, mm-hmm. you know, we're always always have a bunch of shit going on, but there's always like one priority, like right. the FCC program right now, right? You know, singular priority with a bunch of other stuff going on, but when that singular priority is say, um, making changes to the fitness or improving the fitness layout or how classes are done, or, or you know, um, you know, for example, right now, this is actually a great example. You know, right now I am redoing our fcc manual which is like 280 pages that is that takes up the vast majority of my day yeah that you know i am focused 100% right now on fitness stuff yeah. my position has evolved over the time to where like i do mostly fitness stuff but i also think higher level from branding and growth and business and and all those things i'm doing nothing on that right now yeah so from just my contribution to the business it is entirely based on fitness on the FCC manual on developing coaches and on growing the coaching side of our business so right away those are resources and energy of our aggregated efforts that are taken away from the quote business right so that's just a good example of like okay so when this process is all said and done this manual is going to come out I feel great about it I think it's going to run an awesome certification weekend and then okay where's my focus now? Then we might discover, okay, where are we lacking with our business processes? Like what's our, I don't know, what's our like email communication like, or anything that I might, you know, I might be able to like ask you and then we look into it or or something like that. So that's why I think you're totally right. And that there's this like back and forth between, you know, improving one, leaving the other as is and then having that catch up to the improvement of the other one. And it's just this like natural back and forth, like ladder climbing.
0: Yeah. I want to talk more about the FCC cause it is, it's coming up in November. It's about time that we start pushing it, if you will. Um, which we're getting all the steps in place to launch. I think we're going to launch um, the official early bird pricing on September 15th. Um, so we'll probably insert, you know, commercial in here to talk a, a little bit more about the details, but you know, that is, I'm, I have not been a part of that and I am like crazy excited to see what comes out of it because you look at all of the certifications out there um, when we're talking about like how do you acquire the most training knowledge how do you make your brand of fitness better Um, this is like it to say to not be able to say it better like this is You know what, you get in all these other certifications are base level knowledge. It's almost like, okay, we're just going to give you what you need to then put a title on you so that you can, like, you know, go do whatever it is you do. Where I feel like our FCC program takes all of that and throws it out the window and takes you into such a deeper level of knowledge and not only teaches you everything that you need to know in order to coach people through functional fitness but also how to apply and how to coach which nobody does no certification does in in at least that I've seen and you can talk more about it you've been to like 47,000 certifications
1: yeah and like so I, I just want to be careful not to turn this into like a total plug for the right. weekend but I'll address it as it pertains to this episode and improving through coaching because that's such a big aspect of what we do. It's why like our head coach Julianne is really really good in the position of being a head coach because she's so good at coaching coaches. And you know, I ultimately I have no idea why performance 360 is where it is. I can only speculate. Yeah. I like to think that it's because we have a very good coaching template you know we have a track record of hiring people that have never coached and turning them into very good coaches right a lot of it is their own natural talents that are coming through so it's not to say like we're solely responsible for that but it's it's being able to reveal that in people and you know let that natural talent express itself or if you don't have that being able to teach that to Mm -hmm. you so you know what where our coaching philosophy has always been is not so much rooted in aggressive technical information,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but practical application
0: of it. That makes makes sense.
1: So I've never been personally interested in having an entire class of people understand the deep inner workings of the adductor's role in stabilizing the knee and the hip. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck cares? Right. But if you're able to tell me your knee is caving in on your squat because this muscle is weak. Here's how we fix it. Right. One is technical, the other's practical. Right. I'm all about the practical. <laughs> so, people are all about the practical. Right. And in my opinion. So, being able to relay information that matters deeply, mm-hmm. you know, but in a practical way that is digestible for people to me in my opinion that is good coaching. Right. It's not being a walking talking textbook, it's being able to get to people on their level, not force them to come up to yours. Right. So, you know, that's why the person they always say that the true sign of intelligence is being able to explain something simply. Mm-hmm. And I believe that completely and it's what I've personally always tried tried to come at people with in my coaching mm-hmm. is like I've never been the type to get up there and, and drone on about a lot of technical stuff. You know, some people really dig the technical stuff, but I I just don't, so that's the lens through which I see it. Yeah. I, I like the practicality of it and knowing how it affects me. So, you know, that, that's a lot of what that weekend is about as far as developing the knowledge but also teaching you how to apply it. And I think that's such a critical aspect of running a successful gym being the being the smart knowledgeable trainer but also being like the digestible version of that for all people to come in and get results
0: yeah that's a really good way of putting it and actually since we're talking about it uh, for those people that are interested let's just get them some info on the actual fcc weekend
1: how's it going guys this is dave thomas owner of performance 360 and program director for our brand new fcc certification Really excited to announce that for the first time ever, we are opening up our internal certification process to the public November 3rd through November 5th in San Diego. It'll be a three-day weekend where we go over all of the different techniques and knowledge that has built our gym to the success that it is. And we're really excited for this because we don't currently feel like there is a certification or a coach's weekend in existence that currently goes over all the skills that a coach in functional fitness needs from advanced weightlifting technique, advanced powerlifting technique, advanced kettlebell rowing, and all the different implements that a lot of certifications teach you on the surface level, but nothing that goes much deeper than that. So we'll be reviewing everything that we've learned over the course of our six years. We'll be opening up our training manual and going over technique, going over program design, going over science of conditioning and energy systems, and leaving the coach with many new tools to go and help their athletes or sharpening and refining old ones. So we're opening up early bird pricing September 15th. And from now until then, if you are interested in getting on that invite list, please go to www.perform-360.com backslash FCC.
0: Um, You know, in actually talking about this, if I were to pick between the two, I would think that the training stuff is slightly more important than the business aspect because if you do have a solid foundation of training and you have good fun classes and people get results, you can still get get away with having you can a, be sloppy. You can be yeah. sloppy, and you know we've gone through periods of our of our gym life where we've been sloppy, and you know we've been really good about fixing any of that. Um, but I feel just, like in hindsight, the first four years, like we were. Very sloppy. Very sloppy. Because,
1: you know, we, we didn't we didn't have to be right. tight. Right. <laughs> and so it's <laughs> like we didn't you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. Like we didn't know how much better we could make it through tighter business practices. It right. was just like you know, it was kinda like bro business yeah. to a degree. Yeah. And it worked, but you know, since that since the screws have been tightened on that end it, it's been such a dramatic difference.
0: Yeah, now it's gotten to the point where my actual one of my current projects is creating a software, which is like almost, almost finalized. I think the final updates going today, um, where we needed to build because we now have so many trials and people coming through our system that it becomes extremely hard to manage manually and through the, the mind body software. So we actually had our own software built that is going to manage that whole process, um, and does, very well right now, but a few final touches are being implemented right now so that we can manage. You know the 25 people that try out our gym every week. Um, you know the 15 to 18 people that join every week. How do we make these processes better so that number one, everybody gets the information that they need, so they don't need to ask questions for our coaches to us basically saves a ton of time on that end and so that they're prepared to enter the classes and get all the you know to get what they're there for which is ultimately to get results in their training um so you know it's after talking through all this i I definitely think the training is most important and i think that getting that locked in is probably the number one need for most people yeah Um, and
1: like we we say training which I believe is important, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think the better I think the better terminology for it is coaching. coaching because yeah. I think yeah. a lot of training styles can be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think... Our, our brand of fitness works for us. It works for the people that go to the gym. By no means do I claim it as a superior form of fitness. Mm-hmm. It's simply the one we believe in, so we're able to effectively communicate it. You know, if a gym is primarily focused on crossfit or if they're primarily focused on kettlebells or shit even like orange theory like stuff like that Mm -hmm. if if you're able to communicate as a coach to the consumer of that which is the member then you're gonna get buy-in and that's what successful like quote training is yeah so you know that that's the point that i think really matters is like you can have great fitness, but you can have bad coaching. Yeah. So it's not just the training that matters. It's the application of the training, which happens through the mechanism of the coach. And that's, that's the kind of common denominator.
0: That's a really good point. Um, I want to, if I can find this episode, do you remember what our episode was on coaching recently mm, off the top of your head? I don't. Uh, I'll pull I it know, up. I
1: know we did one though.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll pull it up. Um, Number, uh, yeah. Episode 33, building a rock star staff in your gym. Um, this is one thing that you brought up a great point. It's not necessarily the training. It's more importantly, the coaching. Um, there are a few gyms that I've run into in the past where the owner of the gym is very knowledgeable. He, you know, he he knows his shit and he hires fucking clowns (laughs) to relay this information and coach the actual classes. And like... I'll be honest with you, that pisses, that really pisses me off. And I'm more on the business end of the gym and like, Mm -hmm. you know, that stuff is more your realm. But like I have a friend actually who played professional baseball with me that when he stopped playing baseball, he went straight into a, to a CrossFit coach like one week after retiring from baseball.
1: Oh, he did that as his profession? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But like where like, where does being a professional baseball player qualify you to coach Olympic lifting? Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, I I wouldn't be able to answer based on his experience with it, but it
0: probably doesn't. Right. I'm hoping he's not listening to this because he's, <laughs> he's going to call <laughs> me. your friend? Yeah, he's going to call me and be like, "Dude, I think it's still his job, actually, his full time job." Um, and I'm sure he's gotten better now, but like, yeah. you know if you are a individual that owns a gym and you have coaches like make sure that they are continuing to get their own education and certifications and continue to build their knowledge because even if you have all the skills necessary, that may not trickle down your staff. And I think that, you know, as we took a step away from, you know, the day to day and coaching all the classes, then our coaches are now the face of our business. You know, 100%. Most a lot of the people don't even know who I am anymore, um, and so that rests entirely on our coaching staff to create that experience and that vision that we had from a business standpoint. Which is
1: just, and that's a that's a great point, and it's why you have to have processes not just for your business but for your coaching. Yes. And so you know, we have Julianne. She's our head coach. Every I don't want to misspeak on the frequency, but planned. She has planned meetings where she meets with the coaches and goes over a series of checklists, a series of categories, and how everybody's doing in and, and various dimensions of their coaching. You know, we have our templated format that every coach is trained on when they start. As far as gather the class, go through the walkthrough. Here's what you do with the new people in the class during this time period. Here's here's what happens in the warm up with this organization. Here's how you run the clock. Like all that stuff that is regimented to help them to be able to coach right and you know i think a large i don't want to get too off topic but a large large portion of the success of a coach communicating to athletes and getting buy-in and people enjoying the class is the class walkthrough right and that's why we spend time on it that's why we you know quote like you know take 10 minutes of workout time for 10 minutes of walkthrough because it's so important the brain is triggered before the muscles. If we're able to watch somebody and visualize what the movement is supposed to look like, then we're creating these feed-forward mechanisms that are going to then be programmed in our minds as we're going into the warm-up to squat. We know what it's supposed to look like. We've, we, we've planned it out in our head that squat is going to look like what it's supposed to look like versus just seeing the word back squat written on the board right. that's insufficient. That does not create the right mechanisms to get the person mentally prepared to be able to go then and know what a squat is supposed to look like. So, you know, it sounds silly of like going up and demonstrating a back squat every time to members who've been there for five years, Mm -hmm. but the science of the brain just disputes that. And it's incredibly important that we be able to show everybody what it's supposed to look like so that they can go and execute it. And without that step, then you're. You know, no pun intended, you're literally like training blind. Yeah. So, you know, there's all these little nuances that I think are really important as part of the coaching process and as part of keeping people in your gym. So, you know, one could say that's a business practice, like training your coaches on doing that. Sure, it's probably both. Right. You know? The end I was goal just gonna say that, yeah. the end goal is to keep the person in the gym. Like let's let's call a spade a spade. It's a business. But yeah. however, that that process happens through the application of a really, really, really good fitness. Mm-hmm. And that's why the two are interdependent and why like I just don't I don't relate to to people who think it's one or the other. Right. It's just such a short sighted viewpoint and if you if you see it through the correct lens, you understand it's both that operate in this sort of duality that you have to have.
0: Right. You brought up a few things that I want to touch on the walkthrough. So like, I I think that our walkthrough is very unique from most gyms. We, I've seen a lot of people come into our gym for a trial class or even a friend visiting from out of town that, you know, does one class with us and they come up to me after the walkthrough and they're like, I've never seen a walkthrough like that. Like that was really, really helpful so um you know when you look at our process for the coaching staff and and coaching a class everything is the same except for some personality differences and with the way people explain it but that experience needs to be the same for everybody that walks through the door if you have jim that's coaching a class and they're doing um a shitty job and then the next class jill comes in and she kills it you know that's going to create this distinctive difference between coaches themselves. And it's going to make people think of those individual classes rather than this is the gym's class. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Which um, is why
1: we ensure all the coaches are following the same process. Right. Cause we don't want to create that, you know, we want, we want things to be united, not divided.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, we've met with a few gyms, um, one recently that, um, They didn't have that, you know, it was kind of a shit show all over the place with their coaches. Um, One thing to make sure that you establish is a proper hierarchy. So, for example, you and I are the owners. We have our coach, Julianne, who is a head coach. And then as you talked about, she is the one that kind of aggregates all the information and the coaching cues and stuff that people need to learn and know down to the individual coaches. And that way stuff coming directly from you goes directly to her and then spreads out through all the coaches. I think that's extremely important that you don't have like a bunch of different personalities and a bunch of different people that are trying to be the leader or the one that's trying to relay information down the pipeline. Because then you start getting scattered thoughts, people teaching and coaching things differently and all that.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think that that's probably an area where we continue to struggle a little bit, and that like, you know, there's still some cross involvement between myself and Julianne with our staff, but ultimately she's the one that handles the direct communication, so mm-hmm. I think it's able to kind of work out that way. Yeah. Um. But like, one of the areas I want to just I want to touch on what you're talking about with the walkthrough and gyms. A lot of gyms not doing it, and this is the best way that I can explain why it's both a business aspect and a fitness aspect and why they exist together. Because let's say you're a new person that's trying the gym and you walk in and you, the coach is there, they tell you the workout, they send you kind of right into the warm up. You're, you're looking at the board to try to interpret it. And then you go and do the workout. Who knows what that workout experience is going to be. Mm-hmm. It might be good. It might be bad. There's a high degree of variability there. Yep. However, if you go into the gym and there's a coach and they huddle everybody up, and they go through the workout, and they're giving you these visuals that create those kind of feed-forward mechanisms to where you're mapping out in your brain how to do this. You know, they say hello to you. Jenny's joining us today, so you've been greeted. You've been immediately felt like you've been made a part of the community, and you've been coached on how the movement should look. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like simple stuff, but it's why I say, like, we're not inventing the wheel here. We're just applying common sense. Right. So being able to do that, you have both created a good fitness foundation because you've educated them on what it's supposed to look like yet you've also set yourself up for the good business success because they have a higher likelihood of joining the gym right so that is why the fitness and the business exist together and why quality is a is a production of both and not one or the other right so it's just like Again, it goes back to that whole point of why I can't stand when people are like, you have to have one or the other, like the fitness or the business, it's got to lean one way. It's just a, I think it's a self-righteous excuse that people who are really good at fitness that don't know how to apply business
0: make. Yeah, and you, you know, you look at like, you said something earlier, a lot of the hardcore fitness gurus like look at it like a negative thing to have a really good business and like something that generates a large group of people. Like a great example that I think of is SEO. So like we we implemented a pretty solid SEO system that now I don't really do a whole lot for on a day-to-day basis, but that continually it increased our mm-hmm. trial um, our so trial percentages by a like huge thir- part of our growth 30% or something like that. So you know. A lot of these like fitness gurus will look at that and be like, I you know, I'm not gonna do that. I don't wanna sell out or I don't wanna be this business guy, but it's like you can immediately
1: call their <laughs> bullshit by just saying like, Okay, you're so you're in fitness, right? Yeah. You're, you're that's your thing, you don't care about the money. Yeah. Cool. So you care about the people. Right. Well, we're splitting hairs. Yep. Like what one person might label as money walking in the door, the self righteous person should label as people walking in the door that they can help. Right. So That's where it's just a load of BS. Yeah.
0: It's like if you increase the number of people that walk through your door door by 30%, well, now you're able to help 30% more people. Cool. So if you're in the business for helping people, like, there you go. You're helping more people.
1: Guess what, nerd? You can do both. (laughs) You can have have people that make you money and get benefit from your help. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, but it's just, it's true because like, yeah, you know, not to get sidetracked off on that whole that whole tangent, but it's just you know kind of goes back to the point in the beginning of like they don't need to be mutually exclusive, right? And like you know yeah we make fun of it, but like I really want people who see that who see it through that lens to challenge themselves on that. And you know why why does it have to be one or the other? Why why does having more people have to mean a worse product? Doesn't that want, force you to want to elevate the product to right. keep pace with it? So it's just it's so, you know, I don't want to oversimplify, but it is so easy to do both when you understand how they both allow the success of the other one.
0: I would say from, you know, when we hit, let's just say the 400 member mark, at that point, our fitness has increased dramatically and our systems have also increased dramatically. They've both gotten so much so better. So it's like our product now is so much better than it was at 400 members And we're at now, like, what, 650 or something like that? That's
1: why, like, you know, and it's great because, like, we have very few members who've been with us over the past six years who, like, have resentment towards the growth. Like, they're all, to my knowledge, like, extremely still happy. Nobody has, like, bitched about, like, oh, it's gotten too big and things have gotten worse because, you know, I can be – I can – tell you that the workouts that we wrote the first three years were garbage (laughs) like in comparison to like what I now know as a programmer like I'm embarrassed by a lot of the shit that, that I had people do and you know to say that the quantity of members has affected the quality is a completely false statement because not
0: only false but like backwards
1: yeah because the quality of what I have tried to produce is so much better than like the trash that came out in like 2011, 12 and 13 that like, I honestly like, I can't believe we were (laughs) successful with just like no, no proper structure for beginners, like a very, very limited knowledge of, you know, all the systems that have to be developed for somebody to be successful, healthy and productive. Right. Like it was not very good. Yeah. And that's why that, that, that is why I'm so adamant on the fact that like, I believe quality and quantity can absolutely coexist together.
0: Yeah. Um, So I think, you know, we went into this, we had a brief discussion on like, which is more important. And the common output was they're both obviously very important and very interchangeable in terms of mixing them together. But like through this discussion, I think the training is overall like the highest priority, if you will. You know, obviously you need the other stuff, but like, you know, you can't get by Well, you can, okay, you can get by with like a really, really good business system that generates people or generates referrals and generates new clients and stuff like that. And I feel like I've seen a lot of those businesses and they will eventually go out of business. I've seen a lot of them succeed for a small amount of time, but it catches up to them and they eventually go out of business because the training is always changing, coaching the, you know, what, what we know. Um, from a fitness standpoint, is always changing, and those systems will get left behind when other gyms provide a better product.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do agree with that. However, I will say that like our growth from you know the last like twenty percent of our growth over the last couple of years, I believe is a direct correlation to how much. More improved and efficient the back end systems are. Mm-hmm. The automation that you're creating on response with trials, the fact that you are an owner and you still answer prospect emails, you know, because you're so meticulous with that communication and that response and how important it is to convert people maybe two or three steps down the line. And mm-hmm. you don't get to a membership of that level without the attention to that detail. So, you know, the training is the meat of it, but the the business aspect and all of that is absolutely like how you serve it and you you have to have but you know the really successful restaurants they kill it on both the the product and the service um, so I just I, I you have to have both and um, that's why I think like I truly think they're both completely equal okay fair enough but um what's what's the will where does Will Farrell say agree to disagree when they're talking about winning Rome
0: I think so. Anchorman
1: (laughs) agree to disagree.
0: Um, it's funny. Like we, we got an email from somebody when we had just passed the 200 member mark and she was like blown away that we got to 200 people and could manage that many customers. She's like, we have 49 members and I'm starting to lose track of them. Yeah,
1: please. If, if that's you and you're the type of person, like please reach out. Yeah. We're prepared and ready to help in that regard. Um, and we do it on a much higher frequency these days. So like, we can help you with that because yeah. there's no need for people to be overwhelmed at that level of membership. Yeah,
0: you should, at that point, you should still be able to manage that in such a small amount of time that you can focus on growth and getting your coaching and training better. But anyway, that's all I kind of have today. Cool. Um, cool. Well, let's give uh, one more plug to the FCC program and then we'll finish up here.
1: How's it going guys? Dave here again really quickly for the FCC Weekend this November 3rd through November 5th. Another benefit that we want to make you guys aware of is just the intimacy factor for this weekend. We've all been to certifications where the room is packed and there's a very famous speaker and you're kind of scribbling notes trying to keep up with what they're saying, but then kind of left to your own devices on how to apply what you've learned. The FCC weekend is completely different because of the limited number of seats available for the weekend. Our coaches are going to be able to work with you hands-on to really coach you on how to coach, giving you that practical knowledge, but also how you're able to apply it to your athletes, get them better results and get people coming back to your business or to your classes at a much higher
0: rate. thought that was a pretty fun discussion. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, we, we've, we went into it with really no kind of agenda, just like an open dialogue with it. Yeah. And it's the angle of it was like, let's go in, making both appear equal. And I think that that was naturally achieved. Yeah, so. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, check out, um, check out the FCC program, www.perform-360/FCC. Um, enter your information to be invited to the pre-launch and the early bird pricing. Uh, we really hope to get you out here, get you involved in some capacity, because um, we're really, really excited about it. So, San yep.
0: Diego in November is awesome. It is awesome. That's awesome. You might have to pack a light hoodie, <laughs> and that's it. So. Whoa, whoa. Bye, guys. All right, see ya.